This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's up? I'm Bea, and whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening to the podcast, I hope you are having an amazing day. Today, we are reacting to Teal Swan's response to episode two of The Deep End, which, of course, is the documentary that was made about her and, in my opinion, did not paint her in the greatest light. So, obviously, she has some gripes about the documentary, and that's kind of what we are going over. If this is the first video of mine that you are watching about Teal Swan and you feel like you're kind of jumping in head first, I do have some background. I gave summaries of all four episodes of The Deep End and also provided some additional context that I felt was important and I did react to her response to the first episode. So we're kind of going chronologically. She reacted to each of the episodes and that's kind of what we are following along with right now. I feel like kind of the pattern of my channel is deep diving into particular content creators or scandals and spending quite a few weeks on those things because I just, I can't do like one video and feel like I've covered everything. It's impossible to do, especially when you are talking about someone like Teal Swan. So we are in the Teal Swan era of the channel and we are just going to keep going until I feel like I have sufficiently covered the topic. So thank you so much for being along for the ride with me. I really appreciate it. I do want to give a general disclaimer before I get into Teal's video. My husband is watching the UFC fights in the room directly next to this one. So if you hear any commotion going on in the background, it's him responding to what's going on in the fights. Everything is good. He's having a great time. But if you hear yelling, if you hear commotion, we're all good. That's what it is. Without any further ado, let's get into Teal's video. It starts out with the same disclaimer as last time. We're just going to gloss right over it. Hi there, everyone. I sat and watched episode two of the Deep End series on Hulu and Freeform, and again, I want to give you my unedited response to it. So far, the series is not turning out to... I feel like she's using unedited in a way that most people would not consider unedited. To me, unedited means you just get on, you speak... There's no cuts. You say what you mean. You mean what you say. Even if you fumble over something, you just, you leave it in there because it's unedited. Maybe she means unedited as in authentic or genuine, but it always throws me off. It just makes me laugh because she says this and she said it in episode one or in her response to episode one, I guess, that these were her unedited thoughts. But it very clearly sounded like she was reading from a script and there were obvious cuts because they do this like transition in her cuts where it kind of fades to black and then pops back up. This obviously isn't the most scandalous thing to address, but it just does make me laugh the way that she uses unedited. Be what I was led to believe it would be about. After seeing the power of what I do and the people I help, I was told that the docu-series would be a hero's journey. I was led to believe that this would be about the good work I am doing in the world docu-series that would make people think, examine themselves, and that it would be both inspirational and truthful. That clearly didn't happen. 
The first episode showed some of what I do, but it was subject to an editing process that misrepresented me, my teachings, and the different alternate practices I use and teach. Okay. Maybe that is how it was pitched to Teal, but I would like to bring to your attention a series of tweets from Jennings Brown that say, The Deep End, the docuseries based on my Gizmodo podcast, The Gateway, Teal Swan, is now streaming on Hulu. For people who don't know, The Gateway podcast was a podcast from Jennings Brown about Teal, and in my opinion, it did not paint her in the most positive light. It brought up a lot of questions and concerns about Teal's practices, and there were like audio bites of her that just were not flattering. And so as a whole, the gateway was not something that was like, Teal is amazing. She's a miracle worker. She is the spiritual guru that you need in your life. It was like, hey, here's a spiritual leader who is doing some pretty concerning things and it's kind of odd. Let's let's talk to her. Let's go to a, a retreat. Let's see what's happening. And overall, the vibe that I got was that it wasn't a hit piece of any sort, but it was something meant to question and critique Teal. And I felt like that's what it did. So that was the first tweet from Jennings. And then he said, after the podcast came out, we spoke to many production companies about adapting it for TV. The documentary group was the clear choice. I knew we could trust them to make a trauma informed approach to an incredibly sensitive story. Everyone at TDG is brilliant and compassionate. TDG picked the astonishingly talented John Casby to direct it. John and his team spent three years making something entirely unique and remarkable. I can't imagine the toll it must have taken on them. Give it a watch. And then he links the documentary. So clearly he was working with this team. Like this was kind of spurred on. This project was spurred on because of the gateway and Jennings Brown was involved in it. And so Teal being the savvy businesswoman that she is, having a business manager, being the person who's very much into social media and she's savvy, you would think that she would not just hear someone say it's going to be a hero's journey and go, okay, great, sounds good, where do I sign? I believe that she probably looked a little bit deeper into it, but maybe she thought that regardless of how she was presented in the gateway, she could make herself look better. Like maybe she's the kind of person who says, well, it doesn't matter that that happened. It doesn't matter that I got a lot of flack for this or that I'm already give, getting a lot of negative press. I can spin this. I can make this good. And then it didn't work out that way. And now she's upset about it. And she's going to say, well, they misled me. That's just kind of how it feels to me. This second episode shows that the viewer should make no mistake. This series is not a documentary. It is billed as a docu-series, but it is designed as entertainment. It is tabloid. It is dramatic, focusing on my personal life and character at the expense of my professional mission. It is ominous and spooky. Just listen to the music. It's a combination of Friday the 13th and The Shining. If they had used upbeat music, it would have left a different, non-threatening impression. Music is... I disagree with this because she's saying it's tabloid. It's about my personal life. And in my opinion, if it were really trying to focus on her personal life, I think they probably would have delved a little bit deeper into Teal's like failed relationships, how she's been married multiple times. And not that I have any issue with that, but 
they would probably try to get in and like debunk those things that Teal said happened to her in the past or they try to talk to her ex-husbands. They would get Diana Hansen Rivera on and they would say like, oh, tell us about Teal's childhood. Like if they were trying to really get into her personal life and make it scandalous and make it like a tabloid, there are certain things that they could have done. From what we saw, they filmed Teal. They filmed her live events. They filmed some of her retreats. They filmed what was happening. They didn't seek out people from her past or anything like that. They literally showed us what was going on. And of course, there were cuts. I am sure we did not get the full context of everything that happened in four episodes. I mean, they filmed her for months. So obviously, we are not seeing everything. But they filmed what they saw and they presented it to the audience. And and I think that they did a good job of being complimentary to Teal while also showing things that were not so complimentary of her, things that were ugly and mean. And, you know, the fact that they decided to hire a private investigator while they were being filmed, that's going to lend itself to having Jared from Teal's past be interviewed and be included. And I'm sure that she was not happy that he was included, but they're showing what's happening as they're filming. And so it makes sense that they would include him. And I feel like if you're watching this video from me or this podcast episode from me, you probably know who Jared is. You've probably watched The Deep End or watched my other videos um, giving you the summaries of every episode. But if you haven't and you don't know who Jared is, Jared was one of Teal's first kind of followers. He was very dedicated to Teal. He helped her start her business. He helped her start her website. She had him tattoo, is it true, on the palm of his hand because she said that she could read his thoughts and she knew that he was lying to her. He was not paying child support because he was giving all of his money to Teal. Like he had a very traumatic experience with Teal eventually decided to break away from her. She said some awful, horrific things to him, and now he is speaking out against her. And so I can only imagine that she's not happy he was included. But if while the documentary crew is filming Teal Swan, at the same time, they've hired a PI to combat accusations and allegations that are being leveled against Teal, it only makes sense that they would include Jared. It would be incredibly odd if they did not include him in this used in video productions to get the viewer to feel a certain way about what is happening in the scene, on the screen. Here they chose music that left the impression that I am a bad person, a cult leader. And as a result, it was very hard for me to- I was going to push back on that because I'm like, Teal takes everything so personally, but literally this documentary is about her, so- I caught myself in my head. I'm like, oh my God, not everything's about you, Teal. Not every music choice is about you. The documentary is about her. I caught myself. Watch. They were trying to tell stories that didn't happen. For example, the series seems to be trying to build the impression that I was jealous of Juliana. This new episode showed a scene that appeared to be me secretly watching her and Blake walking and talking. But that didn't happen. The footage of me secretly watching them was shot at a different time in a different place. They were cut together to make it look like something happened that never did happen. And it was done to support a dramatic narrative of a story that is pure fiction. 
This episode introduces Molly as the private... That's a fair point. I addressed this when we were going over episode two. I was like, it looks like Teal is standing on her balcony, kind of spying on Blake and Juliana or just watching them as they're gallivanting outside. But who knows? So I can understand how somebody who's taking everything they see at face value would think that Teal was standing out there watching them because that's how it was presented. However, I never got the impression that Teal was jealous of Juliana. I felt that Teal was jealous of the attention Juliana was getting from Blake because Teal relied so heavily on Blake for a lot of things, not only in her personal life, but in her business. I felt that she was threatened by his attention being pushed onto somebody else or being focused on someone else. And she was like, whoa, honestly, this is just my opinion. This is speculation. This is not fact. I'm not saying this is true. I believe that Teal looks at Juliana as if she's beneath her. And I think that's what makes it even worse is that Teal is seeing Blake give his attention and his time and his devotion and his loyalty to someone who Teal sees as being beneath her. And like, I feel like that just makes her even more enraged. Again, that's just my theory. That's my speculation. But I didn't ever really get the impression that Teal was jealous of Juliana. It was more so the attention that Juliana was getting from Teal's right-hand man. Investigator. And in this episode, she says that it is her job to find out if this is a cult or not. That is actually not her job. And she was hired by me. She is not an individual. And that's why it makes you so mad that she came back and didn't give you a favorable report because she was hired by you. And so you thought, oh, I gave her money. I hired her. She's going to want to please me like everyone around me wants to please me. She's going to give me a favorable report that I can share to everyone who says that I run a cult, who says that I'm a suicide catalyst, who says that I am negative in any way, shape, or form. I can present this to them because she wants to please me. She wants to make me happy. She's going to say nice things about me. It was presented in the documentary that Molly, the private investigator, was hired because of certain allegations that were leveled against Teal, mainly being that she was a cult leader and a suicide catalyst. She was getting a lot of negative press. There were many articles written about her saying like, yes, there are women-led cults, and the article was about Teal. And so the way it was presented was that Teal and her team hired Molly. So that way, when people said things like that about Teal and about the inner circle, they could say, well, no, you guys have it completely wrong. Like you, you're just misunderstanding it. Please take a look at this official document. It was conducted by a third party. It, it disproves these allegations. And then when it came back and Molly couldn't definitively say that, no, it wasn't a cult, Teal was pissed because in episode four, when Molly and Teal are video chatting, Molly says, I have my notes. I have my summary from episode four. Molly says the two main questions she was trying to answer were, does Teal cause suicide? And the answer to that is no. But the second is, does Teal run a cult? And the answer to that is maybe. And Teal does not like that answer. She gets really defensive and combative. She looks completely shocked that Molly would even intimate something like that and it doesn't go well regardless of that the impression that I got from the documentary was never that someone on the dock crew hired Molly I always thought that Teal and her team hired Molly because we see 
Blake and Matthias telling Molly about what goes on, talking to her, initiating things, going back and forth. Like, I always assumed that it was Teal's team who had hired her, especially because Teal had talked about how she was excited about getting this report back because then she could shut down slander articles that were written about her. Dependent investigator. Since this episode once oh. again delved into suicide. That's all she has to say. Oh, okay. I thought she was going to go further into it. Without much context, let me remind you that based on statistics, the truth is that my methods are more effective at helping those who are potentially suicidal than conventional methods. Also, it is important... What are the statistics? Like, you... do you have a source? Can you cite that? Have you done studies? Is it peer-reviewed? Like, what do you have to back that up? Those are just questions that I would love answers to. When someone makes a definitive statement like that, I want to see the proof. Regardless of that, I know that there are people who have been helped by Teal. I have seen the comments. I've seen people's stories. I know there are some people who have benefited from the exercises that Teal has them go through. I do think that there is this stigma and shame around feeling suicidal and actually dying by suicide. People will say the nastiest things about how it's selfish and people gave up and it's awful because trust me, like it's, it's not selfish to die by suicide. It, it's not, it's so much deeper than that. So I do think it can be helpful to destigmatize those feelings. If you are feeling suicidal, shame and embarrassment and guilt are not helpful emotions. And so if you have someone like Teal saying, you're not wrong, you're not bad, you're okay, let's work through it, that can be incredibly helpful. I feel like the issue with Teal is that once we have the conversation of you're not a bad person for feeling this way. In my opinion, the next step should be, what can we explore? What can we try to help mitigate those feelings and to help kind of lessen them and focus on feeling better and conquering those feelings and overcoming those feelings? And I feel like saying that just sounds cavalier and like, oh, it's fine. You can get over them super easy with a snap of a finger. That's not what I am saying. But I feel like if you go to a doctor or a therapist or a psychiatrist, they want to help you work through those feelings and feel better. They don't want you to struggle with that ideation. They don't want you to be constantly contemplating that. They want to keep you alive and help you feel better, whether that be, again, through therapy or through medication or through an alternative modality. But Teal, on the other hand, takes the route of, well, if you're not really committed to life, there's nothing wrong with dying by suicide because you can just reincarnate. And that's what she said about Leslie is that she died, and three days later, her soul was reincarnated. She had never seen a soul so desperate to leave the body that it was in. And then she wants to come back later and say, like, I would never, ever support suicide. Yet you're on freaking stage saying, isn't it amazing? Leslie's soul reincarnated three days later. That's going to piss me off. 
oh, I've been overwhelmingly helpful. But I did tell Leslie to get off her antidepressants. And I don't really know what she came to me with versus what memories she uncovered. Like, I don't know if she was struggling with anything, but I'm not her keeper. So I don't think I did anything wrong. Important to know that other cultures and religions use some of the same criticized techniques that I myself am trying to get adopted into the mainstream mental health system. The Dalai Lama himself says analysis of death is not for the sake of becoming fearful, but to appreciate this precious lifetime. This second episode barely touched on my teachings, and instead focused on my personal life, and there it misrepresented my personal life in important ways. If you happen to watch it, please understand that what they showed isn't what we do, it doesn't represent how we think, and it doesn't represent how we live. It's a collection of more negative selective editing out of context and even out of order to create entertainment. What bothers me is that they present what you are watching as truth. Specific examples would be very helpful here. I think if you're doing a documentary about someone, you're going to get a glimpse into their personal life. So I'm not really sure which specific scenes she's referencing. And that's not super helpful if you're somebody who is maybe on the fence about Teal. You know, maybe you are somebody who likes Teal, but you have some questions and you watched the deep end and now you're feeling a little bit more doubt than you were initially. And so you're coming to see her response and get reassurance, but not having specific examples isn't very helpful. So I'm looking through my notes from episode two, and I'm wondering if one of the scenes that she's referring to is when she wonders out loud, am I at the point where I just need to marry a multi-billionaire in order to have the resources that I need? And she says that because they're talking about allegations that were made against Teal. Maybe that's something that she was upset was included. I don't know. But again, specific examples and details would be really helpful here. And it isn't. And it's easy to prove these untruths. Let me give you some concrete examples. First of all, I want to... Perfect. I spoke too soon. Let's get those examples, Teal. Let's see if they're legit or if they're red herrings like we saw in your response to episode one. I'll talk to you about the set. Where the episode takes place. Like the set for any Hollywood movie, this set for this episode is an illusion. While I support intentional community, I myself actually live in an ordinary house with my son, partner, and my personal assistant. In fact, Blake moved into his own apartment nearby in preparation for Juliana's arrival, and so, surprise, surprise, Juliana, Blake, and I never even lived together. And all the other people I consider part of my community live in their own apartments in the same city. The rolling hills and that mansion they keep showing... It was the location of a week-long completion process training and a week-long curveball retreat. Not my life and not my home. But you'd never know it watching this. Okay, so this is like a multi-layered thing. I want to start with Blake, Teal, and Juliana never living together. In the documentary, I felt like they did present it as if they had all lived together in one house. But she's saying Blake moved out in preparation for Juliana. This makes me wonder about the conversation that we saw between Teal and Blake, where Teal was lambasting Blake, telling him that he has no honor, that he's a coward, saying all of these awful things about him. And he says, okay, well, I'm going to get the rest of my stuff and head out. I'm assuming that conversation 
didn't happen before Juliana came. Because if it did, if she said all of those awful things to him, why would he continue to work with her and keep coming back? Maybe it did. I don't know. I would love a little bit more clarity on when that specific conversation happened. That would be super helpful. Secondly, I think if you were watching the documentary with a close eye, you would have noticed kind of the subtle differences. They don't ever show like Teal's retreat rental versus Teal's personal home. They don't label those places, but there were subtle differences in location that led me to believe the retreats were not being held at Teal's home. Like I did not believe her home was equipped to hold 30 people just on a regular basis. I believed that there were two separate home, quote unquote, locations. And so that's just how I saw it. But maybe some people weren't really looking for stuff like that. They were just watching it because it sounded interesting. You know, I'm sure there were tons of people who didn't really know who Teal was and just saw a preview for The Deep End or it was recommended to them on Hulu and they were like, ah, sounds interesting. Let's watch it. And they were just more casually watching it as opposed to watching it and taking notes like I was. So I understand people being confused and her wanting to clarify that. However, the third thing I want to go over is the fact that she says everyone in her team lives in separate places. Like they do not live with Teal. Is Teal paying for those separate places? And if not, how are they affording it? Because they are part of Teal's inner circle. They work in exchange for knowledge. According to Teal, they do not get paid. They work in exchange for learning from her. And it's a high pressure full-time commitment. It's a full-time thing. People can't go visit their families. They can't have partners that don't align. Like it's a massive commitment to be part of Teal's inner circle. So I highly doubt they have the time to be working 40 hours a week in order to pay their rent. So where is that money coming from? That opens up a whole other Pandora's box of questions because kind of one of the theories that pops into your head is, okay, well, maybe these people in the inner circle who are living separately from Teal come from well-off families that will pay for them to live in these apartments and they don't have to work for it. But then you also consider the relationship that Teal has with her parents and how she says that, you know, parents need to see the harm that was caused to their children and how a lot of people in her inner circle end up cutting off their families. So I don't know. That's something that raises a lot of questions for me. And unless someone comes out and publicly talks about it, like unless Tristan or Cyan were to leave Teal and explain how they lived and how they funded things, we probably won't ever know a full, clear answer. TV show. They make it look like I live on a commune. In the second episode, they show an interview with a man named Jared Dobson. They make it seem like Jared was just a wronged follower of mine who was not paid for his services. The reality is that Jared was my boyfriend for a short time. He offered to help me with my business and I was happy to have his help. The relationship didn't work out. For reasons you can probably figure out by listening to what he says. So what you are watching is an interview that you manipulated him and said awful things to him and made him get a tattoo on his hand that said, is it true? Because you could read his thoughts and you knew he was lying to you. Yeah, I can imagine that relationship not working out super well. 
with a disgruntled ex-lover of mine. Let's round up your exes, you know, from the relationships that didn't end well and ask them how they feel about you. Notice that they never bother to talk to any of my exes who I have a good relationship with still and who are still friends to this day. Also, I want to make myself crystal clear. I never told him that he should go kill himself. That did not happen. Remember that my life's work is trying to help people to not commit suicide and commit to life instead. But this inter- Okay, lots of things to address in that one. First thing, round up your exes, you know, the relationships that ended horribly. What do you think those people would say about you? I understand that breakups and relationships in general can be incredibly messy. People can lie about the other person. I've seen it firsthand. Somebody saying one thing, but in reality, knowing another thing actually happened. Like, I am fully aware that that kind of stuff does happen. And if we didn't see the conversation between Teal and Blake, where she said, Let's quote it. I think you're weak. That's my honest truth. I think you lack bravery. I think you lack honor, but you've made your bed and now you get to lie in it. You who chooses a weak path must not become a match to greatness. I have no patience for this anymore. If you want to flip a favor around like you guys have been doing to me, the level of fucking judgment you have on me being a narcissistic bitch, you're a fucking absolute loser, always will be, never forget those words, end quote, I would be a little bit more charitable to Teal's side on this. If we didn't see that conversation between Blake and Teal, I might say, you know what? It's possible that Jared's exaggerating a little bit. Maybe he did. he's a scorned lover. Maybe he's just upset that things didn't work out the way that he wanted them to work out. And so now he's taking every opportunity to be vindictive and try and take Teal down. I wouldn't put it past a lot of people to have that mindset around an ex. But we see the way that Teal speaks to people. We see the things that she says to them. We see her say that to Blake, who has been by her side for nearly 20 years. If she can say that to him, I'm more than willing to believe that she is willing to tell Jared he should kill himself. The fact that we have Sabrina on film talking about how much she loves Teal and how much she wants Teal to help her and how she is seeking Teal out to feel better and when the things that Teal tells Sabrina to do don't work and she expresses that those things aren't working Teal wants to call it emotional blackmail that doesn't help her case the fact that we have Leslie Waynesgard's friends saying that as soon as Leslie and her husband met Teal and started getting close with her and following her and trying to live according to the advice that she gave them, they noticed a difference in Leslie and it wasn't a good one. And that Teal told Leslie to get off her antidepressants and then Leslie ended up dying. That doesn't help Teal's case. One scorned lover, one spiteful ex. Okay, I get it. But we have all of these people and all of these examples that build and build and build that give credibility to the things that Jared has said. And it's just infuriating to me that she's going to get on here and be like, I actively do everything I can to help people avoid dying by suicide. 
knowing the way that she has flippantly spoken about people who have committed suicide is just ridiculous. It it doesn't line up. It doesn't make sense. And if you are somebody who doesn't know a lot about Teal and just goes based on what she says, maybe you believe that. But that's why it's important to look at outside sources. That's why it's important to see what other people are saying and other people's experiences. You can't just take someone's word as 100% gold. You have to question things. And so it's kind of concerning to me that Teal is just going to come on here and blatantly contradict the things that she has said on platforms that are not directly produced by her. Things that were said in the Gateway podcast and in the Deep End documentary. Me with Jared. Provide some context for what my fear was about in the hot tub scene from episode one. As a celebrity, anyone who comes into my life automatically has a platform. And to tell you the truth, it is terrifying because conflict is an inevitable part of any close relationship. Yet it feels like I can't afford to have a conflict with anyone because instead of resolving things, they can just turn against me publicly to find both attention and validation. Almost everything in this episode... Fair point, but we've seen the way she goes about conflict resolution, and it doesn't seem like she wants to resolve conflict. She wants to be known as being right and put down the person who comes up against her, much like she did with Juliana when she gathered everybody around to sit in a circle and tell Juliana what she believed about Teal, and it was just basically an insult fest. This is where it's tricky with Teal because she does have a valid point. When you're a public figure on the scale that she is, someone could come into your home or develop a close relationship with you and then just go out and lie about it or twist something, exaggerate things, just be dishonest in an attempt to take you down. But at the same time, I do think there's a certain element of that would be the outlier. That would not be everyone's intention in trying to get close to you, especially when you are someone in the personal development field. That's not necessarily mainstream celebrity status. If someone wants to get close to you, it's most likely because they're interested in your work. And so I do think it's prudent to be discerning in who you allow to become close to you but you also have to do your part in not being a menace to them. Episode is edited and presented to make all the characters, most especially me, come across in the exact way they wanted us to come across to the audience, negatively. I'm going to be the first to call it out. The way they have put together this episode makes all of us look nuts. There was a carefully edited scene in this episode which makes it seem like Blake and I have some kind of immoral sexual relationship going on behind Juliana's back, and that we are trying to keep it a secret from Juliana. It makes it look like I'm saying that we have a special relationship behind closed doors. That is not true. Blake was dealing with sexual attraction toward me at that time. I took it as a compliment, as I imagined it would be for any woman. However, in that interaction... I was encouraging him to not ruin his relationship with Juliana, who we all loved and cared about, by telling her that he was sexually attracted to me. Because that would have been a recipe for absolute disaster. Also, 
unnecessary. I was advising a close friend. He had chosen to be in a committed relationship with Juliana and to marry her, which, as you could tell by my reaction, was something I thought was great. Also, as an interesting side note, I was in, and still am in, the same committed relationship at the time that scene was filmed. As a side note. Okay, first of all, you were in a committed relationship while at the same time being like, do I just need to marry a multi-billionaire in order to protect myself and have all the resources that I need? That's rude to your partner, especially if they're not a multi-billionaire. Like, it's rude on multiple levels because if they are a multi-billionaire and you're in this relationship with them and you're like, well, I'm in it because I need the money, that's mean. And then also if they're not a multi-billionaire, how do you think that's going to make them feel? I get people exaggerating and being hyperbolic, but still a weird thing to say. Secondly, Teal says, we all love Juliana. You have not said one complimentary thing about Juliana in your reaction to episode one or in this response so far. So I don't believe that. Again, just my opinion based on the things that Teal has said and the way that she was presented as acting towards her in the deep end. I would never, ever have the impression that she loved and adored Juliana. Third of all, Teal says that she was flattered by Blake having a sexual attraction to her while he was talking about marrying Juliana. I would not be flattered. What? Absolutely not. In the scene that Teal is talking about, Teal and Blake are in a bed together and Blake is like rubbing her thighs and her feet, touching her very intimately while they are talking about his relationship with Juliana and his plans to marry her. No, just no. <laughs> nope. That's a line. That's, that's a hard stop. Her adding that context makes it worse. Because when I saw that, I thought, mm, that's a little bit more intimate than I think might be healthy for platonic friends and business partners. I mean, I get being a touchy person. I have no problem with physical touch. I love hugs. Like I love closeness. I'm totally about that, but you would never catch me absentmindedly rubbing a friend's thigh. Just wouldn't happen. Just, it, it, I mean, it, tell me, tell me your boundaries. Is that something within the realm of reason? Is that something you do? I think it is 1000% inappropriate to be in a bed with someone else rubbing their thighs rubbing their feet telling them that you still think they're sexy as hell while you are talking about getting married to someone else it's wrong on blake's part and it's wrong on teal's part for not putting a stop to it i don't think that they had this immoral sexual relationship behind Juliana's back, but I think boundaries were being pushed. I think lines were blurred and I think it's inappropriate from both parts. I've largely given Blake the benefit of the doubt because I do feel that he was being manipulated and controlled by Teal in some aspects. And I hope that since he's distanced himself from her, he realizes how wrong stuff like that is. I, I truly hope. I hope that he and Juliana are doing well, they're in a healthy, happy relationship, and I wish them the best, but that stuff's not okay. 
So I'm going to put blame on Blake for that. But I am also going to put some responsibility on Teal here because I think it's completely inappropriate to be flattered and like play into it when you know that someone you are close to who's in a committed relationship is experiencing sexual attraction to you. I think there's a lot of gray area in the world, especially when it comes to matters of morality. But that's just one thing that I can't see myself being devil's advocate for. I I just think that's something you shut down, especially when you consider that Blake is telling Teal he's sexually attracted to her. And in that same scene, Teal tells Blake that she's been watching Juliana and she noticed that Juliana doesn't react when Blake touches Teal intimately. And that's a good thing. I always try to be fair when it comes to things that maybe I don't agree with or understand and see where other people are coming from or see what angle I could maybe approach it from to, to hopefully try and understand somebody else. But I'm, I got nothing. All relationships are different. Be careful not to judge a relationship just because it doesn't fit inside a box. Blake is a physically affectionate guy, what some people call touchy-feely. He was physically affectionate with me for the 18 years we were close, before he chose to strike out on his own and find a different life. But physical affection is different than a sexual relationship. Blake and I did not have a sexual relationship after our romantic relationship ended over 17 years ago. And Juliana was fully aware when she came into this life in America that physical affection was an element of my relationship with Blake. It was not a secret, and at that point, she had agreed to it being fine and was quite physically affectionate herself. Being physically affectionate is one thing. When you combine it with being sexually attracted to someone, that's a whole other story. And that point doesn't even make sense because if that's the case, if, if Juliana knew and she was fully aware and she was totally fine with it and she was the exact same way, why would Teal say, I've been watching Juliana when you touch me and she doesn't react, so that's a good thing? Like, why would that comment even need to be made? Fourth, okay, you guys, do you honestly think that if this is an accurate depiction of me or of what my trainings and retreats are really like, that I'd have so many people who follow me and come to my events again and again? Do you really think if this was the truth, so many people would say that my work has saved their life? I would be the first person to tell you not to go to a workshop or retreat like the one they have depicted on the screen. The thing is, my retreats and workshops are not like what they are depicting on the screen. Notice that they only show you part of any interaction that occurs at my events and out of context, which serves what appears to be a predetermined narrative. And notice how they fail to depict any form of resolution or healing that is achieved at all of my workshops. There is no storyline. Yeah, I mean, I'm of the belief that it would be nearly impossible for the documentary makers to show at a retreat in its entirety or to show the full context of every single conversation. It just wouldn't be practical for the format that they were using for this series. And I am of the belief that there are plenty of people who would credit Teal with saving their life or vastly improving their life. However, I also believe that seeing that toxicity, it's not just a one-off or something taken out of context that could be easily explained away. Because if it were, she would give us an example and she would give us the full context and she would go into depth. 
I believe that toxicity exists within the inner circle of Teal Swan. Again, my belief, my perception, my opinion, not stating that as fact. Let's think about it like this. You're someone who's struggling with something. You get introduced to Teal Swan. You think she can help you. You buy a spot at one of her retreats. You are literally bought in to her mission, to her cause, to her healing with your own money. You have spent your money to go to this retreat. You've taken your time to go to this retreat. You've used your resources to go there. And so Teal can say and do whatever she wants. And the likelihood of you being like, "Mm, that's a bunch of BS, I'm out and I'm never coming back is probably pretty low because it's like this thought of the sunk cost fallacy. You've already put your time, you've already put your effort, you've already put your money into this person. And so to turn away now would make it feel like that was a waste. It would make you feel like all of this was completely wrong, useless, for nothing. And a lot of times we just lean into something, even if we know it's wrong, even if we feel like this is not helpful. This is not the right thing for me because we've spent our time, our money, our effort, our energy on that thing. And that's what makes it hard to break away from cults. And I'm not saying that Teal runs a cult, but that is a pattern we see with people who get pulled into them is because it starts out with good intentions. And, you know, maybe you think it is the right fit and you put your time and your effort and your energy into that thing. And by the time you realize it's toxic, by the time you realize it's not for you, you've already put so much of yourself into it that it's like an ego death to admit that you were wrong or to admit that you were duped or manipulated and walk away. So people just lean into it more. So I think Teal could be completely toxic at these retreats and people would still come back because they would say like, she's just doing what she needs to do to help me. She's just approaching it in the way that is uncomfortable for me because I'm being confronted with a hard truth. They would find an excuse for why Teal was behaving in that way. So yeah, I do believe that interactions like the one shown in the deep end occur at her retreats. And I believe that people stay and people come back because we've seen it, not just with Teal, but in a multitude of other scenarios. About anyone who the director and producers watched go through my process. I want you to hold the phone there. It's a show about my work, and there isn't a single person yet that they've followed from beginning to end of the process, so as to show the process of healing. Yet they go to great lengths to discredit the people who have been vulnerable enough to allow themselves to appear on film by selecting tiny clips carefully edited out of lengthy interviews, which paints them in an inaccurate light as being weak, insane, lost, powerless, easily manipulated, and like they can't think for themselves. What an answer. Is she referring to Amir and Sabrina? If so, that analysis from her doesn't make sense to me. When I saw them, I felt empathetic towards them. I felt sympathetic towards them. I thought, man, they're really struggling and they're just searching for help. And it's a shame that they're not getting what they need from Teal and from her process. I didn't perceive them in a negative light. I perceived them as someone who I felt for and who I wanted to see succeed. So that that doesn't drive with me. And yet again, what does that tell you? And this brings me to my last point for this episode, and it is the one 
that upsets me the very most. It is critical for healing work of any kind to be done in a safe space. When a group of people open themselves up by allowing their most intimate and vulnerable processes to be seen, only to find those processes depicted in a different way than they actually occurred, or twisted to fit a negative narrative about them or the person leading them through that process, it is damaging to the most sensitive parts of them. That is just not right. All this being said, <laughs> I'm not really looking... <laughs> Does Gia want to open the door of perception versus reality? Does she want to talk about recovered memories? She, she's trying to say that, from what I understand, she's trying to say these processes were immensely helpful for them, but can you imagine how they would feel looking back and watching the deep end and seeing how it was presented there that's going to invalidate everything that we did? No. No. You want to talk about perception versus reality. Let's talk about the pattern of recovered memories that we see in people who follow you and align themselves with you and your own reality, your own experience with working with Dr. Barbara Snow. I feel like that is the one aspect that I have covered the most in my time talking about Teal Swan. So I am going to just refer you back to episode one, where I spent the first probably 20 minutes of that video talking about Teal recovered memories and her relationship with Dr. Barbara Snow. And I would highly encourage you to go listen to that if you have not watched that video or listened to that episode yet. And if you have watched it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Looking forward to watching the next episode. If you liked this video, be sure to hit the Great. I'm glad we're done because, it, like, stick a fork in me. <laughs> Woo! That was a lot. Thank you so much for sticking it out with me. We covered a lot of ground. We went in a bunch of different directions, and I feel like it was quite a bit to process. I feel like episode one was the red herring episode. It was Teal taking things that people didn't really have an issue with from episode one of The Deep End and presenting it as if that's why people were upset and explaining why people shouldn't be upset about that when people weren't even really upset about that in the first place and kind of ignoring the more serious um, allegations or issues that people have with Teal and the way that she was presented. And then this episode was her being very broad still, not really going into a ton of detail, but throwing other people under the bus while not making herself look any better. It's like she threw them under the bus, but somehow her hand got caught in their sweatshirt zipper. And so she got dragged underneath the bus with them. That, that was the vibe of episode two in my opinion and her response to episode two that's the vibe that I got because everything she said it's like oh my gosh that makes it worse that that's how you feel that that's how you're perceiving things so I don't even know what's going to go down in her response to episode three but I know that we will get through it together in the meantime let me know your thoughts in the comment section down below if you're watching this on youtube if you're listening on spotify feel free to respond to the q a it's just gonna say you know what did you think about this let me know all your thoughts feelings opinions etc down there and while you're doing that if you would consider liking this video or subscribing to my channel or leaving a rating and a review 
that would be incredible. And if you have done any of those things already, thank you so much. I am so appreciative of you and I love being able to just sit here, hang out with you and talk about whatever. Thank you so much for watching. Please be kind to people and I will see you in the next one. Bye.